Here we go. Three, two, whoa. Oh, we got a blowout. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 66 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Commodore number five, and my fellow host, every time we sit across from each other to play EDH, leads a martial coup against me, Big Tuck. Oh, well done. I don't know if it's a coup or as if what some people would call proper threat assessment, comma, Dan. Uh, so suck on that. I uh, also have to say, hey, soups and salads. One and the other, because we're gonna get into that later. I made a last change here, but no, uh, I'm I'm in extremely high spirits. It's my tomorrow's my last day at my job that I've not been having a lot of fun with for the last few months. So I start my new one on Monday and head to Charleston then. And also, I have a delicious eager sanctioned porter from our old pals at Rock Creek Brewing, who. Thanks to our support as a podcast, and solely that reason only, have been voted to be the best new brewery uh, in Kansas City. Yeah, boy. so uh, I'm pretty excited. Pretty excited about that. But yeah, no, I'm. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful weekend, so I'm, I'm doing well. Um, the last bit I have here is a little a uh, but Mr. Combo, I got him all the way. How are you, sir? I'm good. Uh, a, I'm surprised you didn't comment on how tired I look because I actually do feel tired today. You look good. I, you look I, good. I, 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 I read that. Well, you know what? Maybe this ties into it. I feel tired, um, but I read an article yesterday about Mark Cuban. If you guys aren't familiar, Mark Cuban's a billionaire Shark Tank guy, owns the Dallas Mavericks. Yes. Uh, a lot of people would say is a very good businessman. And uh, I read this article about how he starts his day each day. Um, yes, he wipes his ass with million dollar yeah, bills that say, don't exist, goes, but he makes it printed. Buys another company, buys another sports team, has sex with his assumed model wife, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just like the rest of uh, us. But it, it was something like, you know, uh, he goes to bed every night in his gym clothes. So that way, when he wakes up in the morning, that's A, one less thing to do, and there's no excuses not to do it. And I was like, huh, I should try that out. And then the other thing was like, he wakes up, like, if he always wakes up at seven, it's like, well, I'm going to wake up at 6.30 or 6.15. I'm just going to wake up a little bit earlier. And he actually doesn't immediately do the gym or do breakfast. He actually goes and does a little bit of work email for like a half hour. Like, let me bang this out yeah, real right. quick. Then he goes and does like gym stuff, shower, eats breakfast, and then he goes and does his work day. And so I was like, you know what? Let me give that a shot. And so woke up an hour earlier than I normally do because uh, I usually sleep until like 7.30, 745. Wow. So You lazy bones. <laughs> what do you mean? I just have to I roll over it as long as my computer at 8. I'm good. Uh, so uh, woke up at 6.30 and uh, took the deuce, came over to my work laptop, banged out whatever emails I hadn't gotten done the previous day and whatever came over uh, in the early morning. Went on a little 30, 35 minute run. Um, well, more like jog, uh, like two and a half miles. Took the dog with me. Sure. Uh, that was good. Came home, quickly showered, threw on some clothes, did a couple customer calls, made some breakfast. And it was just like, damn, I feel pretty, pretty good. So nice. uh, I'm going to try it again tomorrow. Um, my fr like, this is the first week of our new quarter. So things are a lot slower for us. Right, right, right. Stuff out the door, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, pretty much tomorrow is an off day. I got a couple things I got to do. Got a couple customer calls, but that's it. So I'm probably going to stay up a little bit later tonight. You know, watch. I've been binging uh, Breaking Bad again, uh, but I'm still going to do the same thing. Go to uh, go, go to bed in my gym clothes whenever I wake up, 30 minutes of email, go do a run, come back. And I'm going to try to do this um, at least Monday through Friday because that has the work email aspect to right. it. Because uh, I'm going to Cabo in February. And let's just say, baby, sh 
needs to lose his papa belly. You mean baby um, combo? Who is this? <laughs> Identify yourself. We've been hacked. No, is this a, I have one last thing I have to say. Well, I'm sorry. There's someone who's interrupting you brutally, and he's also hacked our mainframe. So oh, that, don't yell really at just me. Trying to tell you. Who is this? Okay, he's gone. All right, okay, Mr. No Pablo, you're ready to go. Uh, so the one thing I did want to let the community know, our Discord community, which is our patrons, they know about this, uh, our personal friend group in the Kansas City area does, but I am on the path to build an EDH cube. Um, I have been taking little 20-minute breaks here and there, uh, going into my basement, sorting out the cards. I will be posting a video on YouTube about how I built it, what it looks like, the products I use. Um, it's going to be 960 cards God. in the cube. Uh, it'll be 48 packs of 20. Okay. And uh, the general basis is every pack will have a rare or mythic legendary creature. A uncommon companion or partner legend. It will have a what I would call good land. That could be an Aber duel. It could be a command tower. It could just be a land that you know a pain land. Over the but each one will have. Yeah, you can have one of those in there. You're going to have some crappy filler lands, you know, a guild gate or, you know, one of the gateway plazas. You're going to have that every single or I think one out of two will have a planeswalker in it. But it could be any planeswalker who really knows. Um, and then every there will be a two to three rares per pack, not including that other stuff. But then there will be a select amount of mythics that should be in the same rate as the Planeswalker. So I'm very excited for this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think the ideal cube size is probably eight people for the 48. Uh, each person gets six packs. I don't think a pick a card pass would work with an EDH. I think that'll take no, too long. No, you got it too, at least. Well, the good news is if you build it for eight people, you can play it in 2022. We can have gatherings of eight people or more. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just figured, you know, even if you have four people, you just do 24 packs. Pretty easy. Um, and the, really the only thing, like I got these really cool Dragon Shield packs. Uh, they basically sell in packs of eight for, I think, nine bucks. These little plastic deals that kind of act yeah, like right. packs of cards that you would kind of shred open. So I'm excited. I think this will be fun. And really the only thing that we're going to have to try and figure out is like, okay, games are over. Here's the template. Just make sure you put the cards and the packs right. Because you don't yeah. want everyone to just shove all a bunch of rares and mythics in one because that just makes it unfun I think that's for gonna future be games. What you're going to have to do yourself afterwards. I don't think you're going to shove them back into, well, <laughs> this is your, you're the person who has the time on their hands to do this. So. Oh, that's true. Well, I mean, that's the fine. Bit, the bits are already done. Cue the bit. Oh, no, no, cue the bit. Cue the bit. What cue? What cue? What bit? Hello. Who is this? No, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, anyways, what I wanted bit. to say earlier is actually to your... Uh, Wait, who is this, story. though? I haven't heard you identify yourself. Uh, this is Squee McGee. Oh, okay, gotcha. Not Minister Squee. Again, Minister Squee's not around here. Uh, you know, at some point, y'all are going to realize that I tend to show up on this podcast most every week. 
But until then, okay, one, of these weeks, he, one of these weeks, he's going to buck us and just not say anything the entire time. It's like, oh, I guess he lost his voice. Uh, moving right along. <laughs> but uh, to talk about Mark Cuban, I also saw that his old one of the basketball players that played for him on the Dallas Mavericks, Delonte West, yep. had gotten addicted to some really nasty drugs like uh, i think they were talking he was doing something with embalming fluid like embalming fluid was what he was taking yeah you can drink it oh god like yeah so he was doing that anyways mark cuban went and picked his ass up took him to rehab and i saw a video today he's had delante west back into the gym shooting hoops again which was awesome wow so, yeah. oh no no, no. Uh, what you can you can also dip i think you can there's there's something there's like a rapper that did this and then he like tripped out and like cut his girlfriend's heart out of her chest and like ran down the street naked his name's big lurch it's really interesting. I think you like dip a cigarette in the formaldehyde and then smoke it or like a joint. Maybe you like dip, you dip a, a combustible into a embalming fluid and then smoke it. And well, then anyways, you, for those playing the home game, this is how you do drugs. No problem <laughs> yeah. at all. So listen, kids, if, if you, you want to have a bad embalming you do, fluid, you go take around. one of your grandma's cigarettes, dip your cigarettes, whatever. Uh, no, that's, that's, that's about it. Um, excited for this. It's a nice distraction from this absolute garbage week that we're in so uh let's just let's just hit this thing i don't even want i don't even want to talk about it i don't want to talk about it i was gonna say you know you know what makes you know what makes something even better that you don't like talking about it non-stop and thinking about it non-stop that certainly solves the problem <laughs> america figure it out <laughs> well if you guys want to know more ways to support the cmd tower team and give us uh some emotional support for when apparently we're all going to go to drug rehab because now we know how to smoke cigs and formaldehyde. <laughs> Didn't know that was a thing. Uh, I'm going to take on a new meeting here. <laughs> and of course, all the content we put out. Head over to our sponsor, level1gameshop.com. They sell all the Magic the Gathering accessories you need, plus those really cool play mats that Wizards always comes out with. They also sell uh, all the dice and board games, really any type of thing you need from a tabletop perspective. And of course, sealed product and loose singles. Great competitive prices. They're the ones that support the monthly giveaway, so you should definitely try to support them when you can. But if you would actually like to support the show financially, help us be able to get more physical new products for our patron community. Uh, you know, we were trying to get these CMD Tower sweaters, but damn China, damn you guys suck. So I'm thinking spring 2021. CMD Tower swim trunks. Oh, oh I like them. Oh, there you go. Only there if they sit above uh, and they're all. We have and to sell banana the, hammocks. Yeah, we have to sell <laughs> yeah, yeah. the complimentary banana hammock. I'm guessing you're what? An, I'm guessing um, you're what? A medium, extra medium. But yeah. Oh, we can <laughs> here. We can sell multiple sizes. We'll have you know XL, large, medium, small, and then banana hammock will be your extra small. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, head over to patreon.com slash CMD tower. We have uh, many different pledge levels and it just goes from a dollar a month all the way up to 25 bucks. Uh, the more you pledge, the more free swag we send you. But of course, all of them get access to the discord and we alluded it onto the alternate universe news segment. Uh, they should really be covering us, covering us now and our alleged drug addiction, but <laughs> alas, they're not here. But Hamburger Demon Poop, Chris, longtime lurker of the quarantine battlegrounds, yes. finally joined the Discord yeah. after immense pressure, if only to troll Spencer. And not to mention, thank you. I, I like most of the names that we see, but Hamburger Demon Poop is by far and away the most outlandish name we got in the Discord. Yes. It doesn't even make sense. No, that's what make, makes it, it better. It when I see a message pop up sense. from Hamburger Demon Poop, I'm already excited just by reading his name. So, you know, there you have it. Welcome. There you have it. 
Um, but, you know, if you guys want to get a hold of some of our swag, but you can't really, from a money financial perspective, commit on a monthly basis, head over to cmdtower.com slash merch, and you can literally pick up everything that we give our patron community uh, for a small fee and small shipping cost. Um, really, once again, that stuff helps us keep the lights on, helps pay all the platform fees, and helps us actually expand into all the new segments and content that we're trying to bring to the community. But you can't help out that way either. Just share the content you're watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And of course, Pink Royal, thank you very much. Oh, and stay tuned till the grave. end. So you guys can get details on how you could win that special Commander's Legends bundle from Level 1 Game Shop. So Bruise and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path of 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us. Each month will be a new theme, and we correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how a beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's rampant setting your board state. That's grains. Yes, and grains are the foundation of a beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color of the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of said beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like your grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then next is going to be, how does your board interact with whatever your opponents are doing? That's hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it ultimately wants. And then one of my favorite sections, how does your deck actually close out, either accomplish its goal or win the game as a whole? We call that yeast. Yes, and uh, yeast are living microorganisms. They eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we have shenanigans. These can be pet cards, just fun synergies that are in the deck. Uh, we call that a spice package. Yes, and not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into jalapeno stout, or the addition of chocolate barley that turns this porter into a chocolate porter. Again, from Rock Creek Brewing. Um, not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we generally talk about it. And then to cap it off, we do have a bottle capping. These are going to be big texanized cuts and adds to the deck that are going to be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no-budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana-only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. We're talking Odric has a case of keyword soup. And if you guys remember, this month are, is filled with decks that we just don't really play anymore. Um, ones that maybe are gathering a little bit of dust on the shelf. So Big Tuck has an Odric Lunark Marshall deck. Uh, Big Tuck, why don't you first read what Odric is and does? And maybe talk about why this is a deck you don't play often sure. anymore. Uh, yeah, so Odric Lunark, Lunark Marshall is a uh, legendary creature, a human soldier that's a 3-3. He's a rare coming in at a hot 65 cents. Uh, at the beginning of each combat, uh, that's big on this one, each combat, creatures you control gain first strike until end of turn. If a creature you control has first strike, the same is true for Flying, Death Touch, Double Strike, Haste, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Menace, Reach, Skull, Trample, and Vigilance. <laughs> Well, what does it, it not have? Uh, it does not have protection from colors. It does not have fear, and it does not have infect. I think those are the only three evergreen abilities that's missing. I love they threw mm. Skulk in there, though. Yeah. That's great. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so this was one of my... I actually I have a kind of a history with this deck. I think this is what my maybe fourth or fifth deck I built. So it got added into tapped out four years ago, which is kind of nuts. Wow. Um, wow. And also I hadn't made any changes in it in over five months, which I think is I added in a land or something. Um, so yeah, um, 
I think the reason, well, okay, so first, like, there's very little change in this. I made this during my high times of my Optiver days drink. Uh, I built it, and then a guy who made a lot more money than I made just made a better version of it and just dumped a bunch of money into it. So over time, <laughs> I've just slowly tried to get up to that level of what he was playing at. Um, okay. But yeah, so... Uh, the reason why I don't play this that often, and to preface this, I play, I go through all the decks I have at some points, right? So it does come up into rotations. This is also a deck I loan out a fair amount, especially to like more novice players, because it's pretty straightforward. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I don't really play it that often. Um, mono white, mono red, there's not a whole lot of crazy stuff that you can do with it. And we kind of talked about yeah. this on your Saram deck as well, which is about as, that's about as outlandish as you can get without like really, really trying to do something crazy. Um, so I think it's a combination of, it kind of just does the same thing every game. There's no really major changes. The only thing that really changes from one mm -hmm. game to another is I see a big creature that I didn't see the last time, or like instead of getting sure. stalled out on mana, I get stalled out on drawing cards. So it's, it's <laughs> it just kind of does that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like when it comes out, it's usually kind of fun. It's a good deck to play like kind of later in the night when you don't really want to think too much or like physically can't because all your brains <laughs> surrounded by hops and barley. So yeah, you. But Mr. Combo had the comment earlier when I first posted this deck he's like yeah i see you play that all the time and i was like yes now you know how i feel about your knee deck like it always just happens with the same table now if you loan this yeah, deck I... out a whole bunch would you say that you have played against it or played with it more this deck probably against it to be honest like wow. of all the okay. games i played yeah i think what probably against it yeah yeah, well, and I could see how uh, this probably appealed to Tuck four years ago because uh, it's Battle Cruiser. Yes. It's I'm living in the red zone. I'm just doing that. Uh, as much as you like to say you're not a combo player and you're not a infinite combo player, you do like a lot of interactions yes. with cards. Um, and, and you like doing your puzzles. Yes, I'm, I am. I am a founder of the Rube Goldberg Machine Lovers Group. <laughs> yep, there you go. Uh, no one ever gets any action because the, it just keeps adding another piece. Oh, we're getting too deep. Um, so I, I can see why you probably don't gravitate to this deck, but I do think there's probably more builds that are interesting, unique. Um, and it's shocking because you actually have some very expensive cards in the deck. Right. Um, and, and for a deck that you don't play, it's like, why are they in well, here? And so I think that's a fun. I think you bring up a really good point on that is like a lot of these cards that are in here. So the budget is sitting between like 288 to 335. And I think that really is broken down between like maybe 10 cards is like over half yeah. of that, right? And a few of them just make sense, um, which we may or may not get into, but like um, a few of the ones that are expensive that are just in most white, most mono white decks and most like good lands I put in here. But a lot of them, when I got the cards, they were only like five bucks, six bucks maybe. And oh, they wow. skyrocketed six times as much as what I got them for. So at the time, like I don't track what the budget is on these decks over time because I just don't, it's, that's, that's like what an insane person does. Uh, but it is, it is interesting that this is now over 300. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's just crazy how this turned out. I just had an idea for tapped out. Put in a deck price over time. Ooh. God, that'd be so nice. Um, now, from a color distribution, you're pretty spot on. Mono white. No complaints. 
CMC actually surprised me at three two three. I thought this was going to be a lot higher. I I completely agree with you. <laughs> I thought this was going to be three eight. But I remember so back when we played the Star Magic, which is for those who don't know, is you take a you take a magic card and on the back you can see how all the colors are against each other. So everyone plays with the monocolor deck, and then you win when those other two colors lose. So okay. we would play that a lot. Um, hold on. So like, if you're playing, if you're playing your white deck, you only win when the red and black player lose. Oh, so you have to target those colors, right? I so see. the pro- the problem is, is like I had this versus like my Perforos deck and my Silvala deck, right? <laughs> in that same pod, mm-hmm. and now we play them. So uh, when I was in Fort Collins, drink. Some guy played and got frustrated. He's like, you understand that this deck is like unplayable in this format, right? And then I went through and cut <laughs> out piles of higher CMC cards for ramp, lower cost cards, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so I was just as surprised as you were, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, well, I definitely, I you know, you sent me the comment um, in our messenger group. I'm looking for some interesting cuts and some interesting ads, and I think I got some for you. So why don't we go ahead and get into this bad boy and start with the greens. Big Tuck, start us off. If we're doing a Odric keyword soup deck, how do we need to build our grain section? So uh, I'm focusing on uh, one sort of crazy ability and a couple things that are nuts. So we are talking about Skulk. And the only card that you can run in this entire deck that has Skulk in it in the form of a card called Skeleton Key. Uh, no one's ever heard of this card, and I think it's actually pretty good. So Skeleton T is an uncommon artifact equipment from Shadows Over Innistrad, uh, the same deck that Lunarker, that Odric was originally printed in. It's one colorless. Uh, equipped creature has Skulk, which means it can't be blocked by creatures with greater power, which is nice because then you can actually get that ability on Odric. Um, but then whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. And it's got an equipped cost of two. So pretty much... It's in the deck mostly for the Skulk ability, just because it's the only way to give them. But then also, like, sure. you get to loot a little bit, which, again, drawing cards in this deck is extremely hard to do because it's mono-white. Um, so it kind of gives you a little bit of both benefits there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we talk about how mono-white needs card draw really, really, really bad. <laughs> and so, but but Skeleton Key just isn't going to pop up on the radar for other mono white decks it's just it doesn't really come up i think it only comes up for odric because of that skull keyword but that's probably a shame because it probably should appear more in other mono white decks just because looting's not terrible and mono white has lots of ways and i'll even talk about one in the hop section that you can get stuff from the graveyard and kind of recycle it so you know what i I got something that i don't need now but i have lots of ways to get it back yeah i'll pitch it because maybe i need another plane so i think skeleton key's great i it it is a weird mechanic Mm -hmm. um i wonder why they don't print it hardly ever because i don't feel like it's that broken no and i think it's like i think they're still trying to find something that's like fear or intimidate right or menace mm-hmm. or like they're still trying to find those kind of like sweet spot keywords um i do that's I, fair like yeah I, I don't know why it's not printed more but i think there's only 20 cards that have it on it cool uh well my first one is kind of it's a grain because it's a lot like how flame rift was a grain in my nehab deck uh it, it does what you need early game and it kind of does get you set up to once you play Odric, your creatures are feeling good. 
It's a birdie boy. Ooh. We're talking about a healer's hawk. Yeah. Uh, so this is a single white creature bird for 34 cents. It's a one-one. Flying at lifelink. The wounded see the glow of its vials long before they see its wings diving out of the clouds. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah, you. Really well nice. said. Uh, so it's pretty much, guys, one mana, and all of his creatures at the beginning of every combat get flying in lifelink. Yep. Not, not much else to it, say. It is. It, as soon as this came out, uh, the, everyone's like, all right, well, Odric just gets like, hey, Odric players, get ready to cut a car. <laughs> like, here you go. It's free. Well, and, and it's pretty interesting because this kind of card, yes, it does help you early state, but it's also good late game. It's definitely a modular card in this deck. Yeah, yeah. And you would think, well, Mr. Combo, if it's so good in an Odric deck, wouldn't people just remove it on the spot? Are you telling me you're going to waste your precious, precious black removal spell called murder on a healer's hog? Oh, God. Murder. I mean, it is a common for a common, so there, there is some parody with that. But yeah, like this. But seriously, you're just never going to do no, that. Not at all. Um, and you can get in for some instant life gain early in, I guess, if you want. So, yeah, it's it's as soon as this got spoiled and whatever set it came out and it was like, run it. <laughs> Uh, you could say you Chris Browned it. Oh, to, nice. Yeah, run, run it. it. I, 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 you run it. Run it. Uh, that's not the song. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we just move on from our terrible Shazam skills to your second green card? Uh, so this is one of the cards that I got in a binder in, in Denver for $5, and that was over 30 It is a piece of magic history, and in my opinion, it is the best uh, white Ramp spell outside of an enchantment. Three, two, one. Tight. Tight. It's yeah. a one minute instant from Visions. That's fine. That's fine. Search your library for a planes card. If you control fewer lands than target opponent, then you may search your library for an additional planes card. Reveal those cards to all players and put them into your hand. Shuffle your library afterwards. Bonkers. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. For multicolored decks, mono white, it's fine because it's planes card, and so that is nice. To, I could go grab a tundra or a scrubland, and here you're just grabbing planes. Oh, I just see. I disagree, and I thought that same thing, right? But I actually have a handful of cards in here that have the planes oh. to it. Um, Misfill planes is one of them. Uh, there's another card in the hops that we might be talking about. I, uh, Idyllic range that just came out, so there yeah. is a few juicier targets. Uh, oh, okay, but yeah, I, I, this card is great. The only thing I'm upset about is I didn't get the five dollar gold bordered version, but now I guess I can. <laughs> but pretty go to hell. Pretty, pretty um, much, it's like, all right, if you're going, if you have this in open, if you have this in your opening hand and you don't go first, you get to go get two two planes, and then you're kind of set up for the rest of the for the rest of the game. I wonder why it's not a one to battlefield, one to hand, because obviously they printed this even back in the day because they realized that white was at a disadvantage yeah. from a rant perspective. So why wouldn't you let them? It should be like search your library for a planes card um, and put it to hand. If you control fewer lands than target opponent, you may search for an additional and put both yeah, to field. Yeah, yeah, Something well, like well, that yeah, like you, I think would like be good. Put one to hand, one to field, if that's the case, that would be awesome. But imagine or or bo both tapped something like that that you actually get ahead. I think you have a great point there, though, right? But like, so you're like, yes, that's a much better card. This card's already thirty dollars, right? <laughs> like, imagine if they're like a good white ramp, a good white ramp card to be a hundred. 
I don't know. Look at Smothering Titan. That's not a hundred. Yeah, exactly. Or, or I assume we're not talking about a land tax. Or I guess, you know, we could talk about it. Jewel Lotus, the best white ramp card out there is $100. $100 is a, great, a little skimpy on that. Oh, also, good news about land tax. I did find out that they made a Goldberg version of it, too. So, come to a deck near you. Just curious, are you going to try to build a gold border deck at any point in your life? The problem with that is, I'd be building the world, there champion, building the world championship deck from, tw- from 2002. Well, do if you well, if you really want to spend money, then you can get the collector's edition stuff from Alpha Beta. Oh, I just don't. I don't know. I, I have I have two collector's edition forks. I'm not one gonna, of which I could move. Oh, I will take that off your hands, 100. percent Well, here's the issue, though. Squee, those are back gold. I guess ordered. that is. Yeah, that is Tuck, a distinction. Tuck usually talks about front. Yeah, that's gold a great point. Or would you mix but it? You would know would that you they are because it? those cards are square. They're square. It's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> like you guys are. Oh, You're so square. square. Uh... <laughs> Alright. Uh, well, moving on to my last yes. one. Very boring card. At $10, which is very surprising. Um, got printed in, printed in Commander 14. Probably got printed a few other times. I'm guessing Pearl Medallion. Oh. And I'm, I'm usually pretty down on the whatever it is reduction mm-hmm. so per medallion guys is two colorless artifact white spells you cast cost one colorless less to cast i'm usually not that hot on these cards because like sometimes i like look at the decks and maybe it's just because i looked at like a mono red deck and it's like oh it's all artifacts like this isn't good right, right. uh but I, I don't worry i did check 72 white symbols in the deck so i okay, think so i think, think it'll probably do something um, but once again, you can't complain about white not having ramp if you don't run Pearl Medallion. Yes, agreed. It is bonkers to me that these are all nine or ten dollars, right? Um, yeah. And like, I thought that they reprinted these in the when I first looked through the what's from Legends, but it's the, it's the two colorless under the battlefield tapped ones, which are significantly worse. Yeah. But also still five dollars. Yeah. So nah, I crazy. don't understand any of this, but what do I know? I didn't realize those were ten dollars. <laughs> wow, I really messed up a couple years ago. <laughs> it offloaded all of them yeah. from the pre-con you got? <laughs> yeah, I mean I I'm still holding on to my jet and emerald medallion just because it's like they're expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not gonna run them. I got better cards, sure. but maybe one day it'll hit fifty dollars and I'll trick some fool into <laughs> you know <laughs> maybe I could do what people used to do in the day where they would trade for a Shivan Dragon and give away like Volcanic right, Island. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one day I'll be able to do that with uh, Jet Medallion. There you go. One day. I'll, I'll trade you your damaged Uber Aberland for this. All right. Well, Tuck, bring us home. What's your last so green card? I have what I like to call Baby Land Tax in a creature form. Um, another one that this is one that I really wanted for a long time, but it was prohibitively expensive. And I think I opened one in my Mystery Booster. Mystery Booster. Yeah. We're talking Weathered Wayfarer. So colorless for a human nomad cleric. Remember the human. We'll, that will be brought up later. So it is some, somewhat relevant. It's a 1 1 coming in for about eight bucks. Um, color, or sorry, white tap. Search a library for a land card, reveal it, and put it into your hand. Then shuffle your library. Play this ability only if an opponent controls more lands than you. So, again, it's kind of dependent on your opponents, but if you're sitting at a table and someone's playing green, you're probably going to be able to do this at least once, at least twice. Um, the fact that it's a land, you can go get your Ancient Tomb, which can kind of shuffle you up a little bit. You can go get yeah. your Nekthos, Shrine to Nex, Temple of the False God, whatever the case may be, um, and try to get back on track with some of the faster decks out there. So, again, it's kind of it's yeah. boring, kind of like a mono-white staple, I would almost say, but... <laughs> 
But here's the thing, though. I didn't know this card existed until I opened Mystery Boosters. Really? I think it's I think it's just such an older card that unless you have a playgroup that does play with older, uh, not obviously the format vintage, but more vintage-like cards, cards that were printed early 2000s mm-hmm. and then uh, before, You've probably never seen this card unless you watched a stream yeah. and someone played it. Because up until Mystery Boosters, when was the last time it was printed? I think in like eighth edition. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so, eighth edition. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's it, it shouldn't be shocking that people don't know about this card because if it if it got printed back in eighth edition, which is what ninety nine, ninety eight, two thousand, two thousand five, two thousand five. Boom! I said oh five. There we go. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, so, I mean, hell, this card was printed back when Squeeze first got me into Magic, and I still <laughs> had not even heard of it. So, yeah, still an idiot. So, uh, yeah, it's a great card. You guys should go out there and get them now that they are under $10. Yeah, and I was looking. Because it, it's it's going to go back yeah, up. And, the, and it looks like the Mystery Booster one's like five-ish, which is a steal. Oh, yeah, that is a steal. Oh, that's right. You don't categorize your stuff here, so we don't know what actually don't things have, cost. Well, I don't have time to go through and put in what my five hundred, my what five thousand cards are in their exact variance. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I only have five decks, and like one or two of them. Yeah, are no, I, just, only I, I, I don't have time show. just keeping up. But it takes it takes all of ten minutes to do. I look. What else could I be doing? And you know what, Tuck? You like to pretend that your time is so sacred and you're always so busy. Sometimes we're like, what'd you do? And you're like, oh, I just hung out with Bubs. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. 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 We're moving on from this train wreck. <laughs> and ending the greens, now heading over to the hops. Um, I'm going to start this off with a card. I kind of want to throw in my Angel Elf deck. Um, it's stupid. I don't know if I can pronounce it, though, but it's only 50 cents. Adar Car Valkyrie? Yes. A Dark Car Valkyrie. A Dark Car Valkyrie. Four colorless, white, white. It's a snow creature. Uh, looking at you, uh, the goad. There's your snow creature type. Yeah, I hope you're happy. Uh, it's an angel. Hope you're happy. Uh, it's a four five. It has flying and vigilance, so that feeds into Odric. But actually, I, I don't. It could have no keywords, mm-hmm. and I would still be interested in it being in this deck. Tap when target creature other than a dark car Valkyrie dies this turn, return that card to the battlefield under your control. Yeah, holy <laughs> bananas! Because you guys will start to hear later in the the deck tech how maybe board wipes happen and Big Tuck's board doesn't get impacted. But I also like the fact that it says, and you have to rules lawyer me. It has to be a creature when it dies, but then it says return that card to the battlefield under your control. It doesn't state return that creature to the battlefield. So think of like a Mirage Mirror, oh, if it had turned into a creature, right. I think it dies, you could target it, it leaves, and you get the Mirage Mirror back. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Wow, why don't, why don't I have Mirage Mirror in here? Hashtag cut section. Didn't I give you one? I I think I have. I don't know. I have like six of them at some point. But yes, you did. Uh, A beautiful one of that. Yes, um, this one. This has saved my bacon a bunch. Um, We'll get into the kind of like pristine combo of abilities that you need. But there are a few out there, including this one, like Vigilance, even getting its back, right? Because can it target itself or no? 
other than it, so it can't. But yeah. when the, when that one big creature, that big problem, that creature for your opponents dies, being able to get it back at instant speed. Also, because I'm a monster, this is kind of a political bargaining tool. If someone else's things dies, you want to bring that back. So you finally admitted it. You're a monster. Good job. Oh. I'm proud of you. <laughs> it's it's a year of self self recognition, <laughs> evidently. All right. Well, what is your first option? So I thought you were going to talk about this one, which I think you do have in Karametra. It's another angel, but this one is almost like an X-Men that can shoot fireworks out of their hands because it also likes Jubilees. We're talking about angel jubilation. Jesus. Now that, that was a stretch. That, now, if you will, that it was dripping with sweat. Uh, colorless, <laughs> three white for a 3-3 flyer angel. Coming in at $5 for whatever reason. Um, it's a 3-3 flyer. Other non-black creatures you control get plus one, plus one, which is every card in the deck, right? So a little incidental damage there, or a little incidental buff there. But more importantly, players can't pay life or sacrifice creatures to cast spells or activate abilities. So... I thought this card was cool because it got the buff right and all that jazz. But then one of my friends played played this against me, and, and I was playing a mono black deck with Necropotence. I was like, "All right, I'll oh just God. draw four cards or six cards, whatever." They're like, are you, are "You sure? You sure about that?" It's like, "Damn it, I can't do it." Um, also, sacrificing creatures like Gerara, that sort of thing. It, it kind of seems like very innocuous when you read it, in my opinion. But when you think about like how many cards are paying life, are sacrificing creatures, and getting stuff out of it. Seems kind of nuts, especially on the body. I mean, I think I need this for my Commander Esha deck yeah. and my Lavinia Lockdown deck. Sound, Nailed, sounds like same dogs. So yeah, like I did. I'm just not going to pay ten dollars for two copies. That, of it. Is, that is weird, and I think it's only been printed once. But like, what other? I mean, is there? Maybe it's just old. Yeah, and that's why. It, it could be, or maybe there's some deck that gets it gets broken. Uh, in. I mean, it was printed in 2012. Yeah. That's not yeah, that it's old. from uh, Avacyn Resort or something. But still, like I don't know. I again, this is I mean, this shuts I think down I got, a lot of stuff. I think I it got this for like stack decks. I think I either got this for free or is it a box or something? And now it's five dollars, right? So that that speaks to a lot of the cards in the deck of the price. You know what? And actually, I think I know why it costs that. I just want to quickly. Just double check to make sure I'm not an idiot, but I'm 90% sure I know why it spiked. Uh, let's go. Yeah, it's gradually gone up over time, but it really jumped up from 20% because it was like right around four bucks. Uh, it's a Therese Nielsen artwork. And since they're not going to be doing her art or reprinting it oh, moving forward. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, I think that's why. Um, but it, but if you look at MTG Goldfish um, and their prices, it has been gradually going up for five years. I would guess but probably the biggest as Commander jump, gets more popular, it goes up because it shuts down so many decks abilities as a stacks piece that it's slowly gotten on yeah. people's radar but yeah it, it was four dollars in end of april and then it's pete got it almost six wow okay. so I, I think i think that was right around when therese nielsen was kind of banned from excommunicated magic. so you were ex you were excommunicated yeah. <laughs> from the league of, of excommunicato oh nice uh, all right uh well my second card is a card I actually i do run in my karametri deck uh, it's great. It's a land, and honestly, every single mono white deck should probably run this land. There's zero yeah. reason why you wouldn't. 
Uh, I guess the price being at almost $10. I, again, like, uh, <laughs> Amiria the Sky Ruin. It's a land, it ETBs tapped, and it could tap for a white, but that's not why you run it, because that would just be a bad land. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control seven or more planes, you may return target creature card from your graveyard to the to battlefield. battlefield. Uh, yeah, so you better hope, or if you're an opponent, you better hope you have a strip mine or one of your opponents <laughs> do, because this, it's not a Gaius Cradle level problem land right. at all. Um, I would probably put it at the thespian stage level. Yes. Thespian stage can do a lot of stuff, copy a lot of things, and get a lot of utility. This is going to help get a lot of utility out of the graveyard. Yeah, uh, and, and so again, with it being so expensive, I kind of remember another story of this where I won a I won the mono white precon that had a bunch of these expensive cards in it, like the other card you mentioned too. That had like the, the pearl medallion and all that sort of thing in it as well. So yeah, like I said, for me, I completely agree. There's really no downside to running this, especially e even if you get out early and with the amount of planes cards that have been reprinted, even with the non-basics, you're still gonna get there. So yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, that mono white precon was the planeswalker mm -hmm. precon with Nahiris. Yes, that's the right one. Okay. Yeah, all of them, all those were bonkers that year, so. All right, well, why don't you give us your second hops? Uh, so this is another one from another pre-con the year after, which again, I also got for <laughs> pennies on the dollar, and now is extraordinarily expensive. It's protecting your Bastion, because it's a Bastion protector. It's insanity. So two colorless and a white for another human soldier. Get into that later. Uh, it's a rare 3-3. Three, three. As long as I, wait, hold on. <clears throat> As long as I stand, so will your cause. I, it's terrible. I gotta go to like a voice coach or something. My my impressions are <laughs> dog shit. Uh, so, anyways, uh, commander creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and have indestructible. So, again, indestructible yeah. is one of the trifecta of, of nightmare that we need to get in here. Um, and it also kind of turns Audric into something where you can get into damage. One of the issues with him mm -hmm. is he's only a 3-3, three, three, so he's going to get jumped by a beast. Going from a 3-3 three, three to a 5-5 five, five makes him a much more impressive commander, one that you actually have to start tracking commander damage on, as opposed to them just being kind of like the face of the deck. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the indestructible piece is humongous. Um, obviously, everyone thinks indestructible is good, but I can speak from experience, and I know Tuck can as well, because we both run Theros Gods yes. for uh, a, a deck or two as the commander. And once they're online, uh, bounce spell and exile, that's yep. all you got. I mean, I guess if someone wants to dump enough life into a toxic deluge, have yeah. at it. Um, but that's about the only way you're getting rid of that indestructible uh, aspect. The only, well, I guess the only kind of catch with Odric is you have to do everything first main phase if you want to get rid of the stuff because they get the keywords as soon as combat happens. Oh man, I didn't do it for one of my cuts or ads, but you should definitely put that card in here that uh, each of every, every player has to pick upkeep, draw, or main phase. Or combat, and they only get to do that I, 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 on their I turn. Think that's <laughs> spinner, and that's also blue. Ah, yeah. damn. Well, anyway, you should splash the blue in here. So the the big thing with this, and I'm just gonna say it now before I forget. So the thing you're trying to look for here is flying, double strike, indestructible. 
Those three things make this deck sing and make it borderline unstoppable. You're dealing so much damage with even your small stuff. So anything that has one of those three abilities is really worth its weight in gold here. Man, that makes me mad that Face Spender's blue. That sounds like a white ability. I, I wish it was, man. I would put, it'd be in here in a, in a micro second. You know they second. give everything to blue? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, my last one is a card that I convinced Big Tuck on a MTG Action 4 News a few months back that it's an overplayed, overrated card. Uh, but in this deck, it's gangbusters. Yes. <laughs> Sun Titan, the, the Titan does actually work in this deck. I promise. Six mana, creature giant, mythic. It's a 6-6 six, six with vigilance. But when he ETBs or attacks, you may return target permanent card with a CMC three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. If we actually break down your converted mana cost and the different options you have, and I alluded to it earlier, being able to bring stuff back, if you do not count lands... Fast forward through time, uh, 22, 40. You have 40 cards, 40% of your deck that are non-lands. If you add in the lands, 76% of your deck is an eligible target Woo! for some type. Yeah. It seems it real good. Like, so, and also, if it didn't have Vigilance, I'd have a lot harder time playing into it. But Vigilance is also the other keyword that just is, does so much work in this, right? Like, pretty much just gives you a free attack yep. every turn. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I agree. I, I have come around. I agree with you that Sun Titan is overrated. But in a deck like this, seems like it's going to get you there. Well... And the fact that you built the deck right with your CMC, because I'll be honest, if I counted it, not counting your lands, and it's like, well, you got like 15 cards, okay, yeah. but you got 40. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it does a lot of good stuff for you. Plus, you do have the land tax, and we have seen it recently, because we see more land taxes in our playgroup now, to where eventually you start discarding those oh, lands. Sure. Maybe you hit turn six, and it's like, uh-oh. I, I need to get a land. Everyone's ramped up to me. Oh, well, I got Sun Titan. I'll play it. He's kind of my ramp now. That that works out nice. Yep. So, um, all right, man. Well, why don't you bring it home with your last hop? So this was alluded to at the top of the episode. We were talking about my one of my favorite board wipes of all time. Hot soup. Hot soup. No, it's not in here. <laughs> uh, although I wish. Uh, but Odric doesn't give a block. But we were talking about Marshall Coup. So... Amazing, amazing board wipe. So X colorless yeah. white white for sorcery. Uh, it's a rare for about a buck fifty. Their war forgotten. The nations of Bant stood united in the face of a common threat. Uh, create X one one soldier creature tokens. If X is five or more, destroy all other creatures. Real good. So the trick is you get indestructible, swing in, dump all your man into this. You get to keep everything, create a bunch more soldiers, and everything else blows up. So. Doesn't see. I don't see this card played. I saw this card played lousy when I was in Fort Collins for some reason. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry was running this, and I just don't see it that much anymore. And like, maybe it's because people think it's too expensive for a board wipe, or I mean, I run yeah. it. I run it in a Traxa. I run it in my mono white deck. Um, I may even run it in my Azorius deck. Um, so here's why I met with Marshall Q. The top end is exactly what you said. Your stuff's indestructible. You're blowing everything up. You're making maybe five, ten soldiers. Right. There's going to be times, though, that the low end, reverse it. Your opponents have indestructible. But, damn, you're in mono-white. There's not that much you can really do to catch up. 
might just play it anyways yeah. for 10 or 12, dump all your mana and just get 10 or 12 blockers. Right. That, there's nothing to be ashamed of with that. And that's what I like about Marshall Coup is you get that modality to where there are sometimes you have a board wipe in hand and you're like, damn it, this does nothing. <laughs> right. And it feels bad because it's a dead card. This at least can give you some tokens to block with and stave off till you can get to your next yes. card. So I'm a big, big fan Likewise. of that. And in your Traxa deck, this is also something you can pay into your infinite mana if you get that rigmarole going as well, right? And just make... <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I figured it out. Make infinite tokens that I won't swing with. I'll just keep activating Planeswalker abilities. God. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap up the hot profile. Now we're going to head over to the yeast and Big Tuck. How do you see your Odric deck winning? So like I talked about, the big things we're looking for, flying, double strike, indestructible, right? And there's a card, which is also ironic because this is what a mythic used to be that now is like pretty much outclassed by most of anything. Uh, we're talking about our old pal, Angelic Overseer. Overseer, Yo, yeah we are. We are. Damn it, where, was, where were you on the mythic drop? Three colorless, white, white, creature, angel, All mythic. right, well, if you notice, I'm still wearing my glasses, which, side note, I've been wearing these a lot more. It's very strange to be like, I'm gonna walk outside and be able to see everything. <laughs> I feel like this is stuff you should have uh, should have known a long time ago. Like, wow, it's it's weirdly blurry. Is everybody else seeing a lot? I just, well, the, or is it the, just me? The best one is if I look at lights and I don't have my glasses on. I never thought this was a thing until I saw it on the internet. But when I if I look like a car lights at night, to me it looks like they're like shiny and there's like lights scattering off them. Which yeah. So, so you're telling me you should be dead and not. I mean, I can see. How did you pass the driver's license? It's an astigmatism. Okay, so anyway, so back to this. Uh, It's a mythic, which is weird. But the big thing with this is, um, I checked it because I was honestly thinking about cutting this card before I talked about it because I wanted to make sure I had enough humans besides my commander. And it turns out I have seven. But and then so, so then I was like, okay, that's a reach. Doesn't matter. But. Then I also realized this deck lives and dies with its commander, which is a human that yeah. is going to be casting all the time, no matter what the cost is. So yeah, it, yeah. So as soon as I saw this card, and I was like, okay, his commander's human. Duh. Right. You basically pay five mana, and everything gets flying, hexproof, and indestructible. Seems good. And again, it's it's like a Sarah Sarah Angel mana. Uh, yeah, so I, this is definitely kind of like the more meat and taters, but I think this is a card that doesn't see a lot of play anymore. I think when I was building this deck, it was Innistrad, and that block was like more adjacent to it. So people knew this card a lot better. But again, I think this is a card like your Tithe or your Angel Jubilations that kind of maybe flies under the radar if you're if you're building... Oh, wait, no, it's not as good. Actually, it really only works in this deck. I was like, well, why don't I just put this in my human yeah. deck? And I was like, well, it doesn't matter because it, it only no. gets sex-proof and destructible. So. Yeah. Well, and see, the other thing I like about Angelic Overseer, and you, you try to loosely talk about it, but or had the, the text a little bit off with the uh, Valkyrie, to where if someone board wipes in a main phase, okay, I lose Odric, I lose everything else, I keep Angelic's Overseer. Right. Gets back to my turn. I cast Odric again. We're, we're back online and we're, we're doing the rigmarole again. We're getting back again. into it, yeah. Um, it, I, it, it does a lot of things for this deck. I'm a big fan with it. But once Odric's gone, it is in lightning bolt Ooh. range. It's going to get blasted. <laughs> All right. Well, my second one is a big old dinosaur. That is key word <laughs> soup. Zatulpa Primal Zatulpa! Good God. What a card. 
Six colorless, white, white, legendary creature, elder dinosaur. It's a rare. It's a four, eight. And it has <gasps> blind, double strike, vigilance, trample, indestructible. <laughs> the sky takes flight and the earth trembles. Once again, you play this. You should win the yeah. game pretty handedly. Right. Uh, and this also, for those for those who have a, a keen ear, this was a card that originated the I'm just playing creatures guys argument with me, Parsons, and Aaron. So, yeah. Not doing anything. Oh, my God. It, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised you left this one in, Mr. Combo, or maybe you're cutting it. That only thing that sucks is it just costs an arm, a leg, a couple fingers, and an ear. <laughs> But here's the thing. Eight mana, give all your creatures flying, double strike, vigilance, trample, indestructible. That's a game-winning mana type of card that's right around expropriate mana, which there's always that argument you should win the game. Insurrection mana, you should win the game. In this deck specifically, I don't ever see you swinging with Zotalpa. I see it, okay, I got my six things out, seven things. Zotalpa, I swing in for the win. Yep. And if it gets to the point where you do cast him on turn five, if you get extraordinarily lucky, which never happens, or if you hit every mana yeah. rock or whatever, this card also could just win it on its own. But yes, most of the time, this is this card might as well be like, to your point, Mr. Combo, a crater hoof, right? Yeah. yeah. Couldn't agree more. Okay, what is your second? So this piece? is another. This is another big game winner. Um, it's another mythic. This actually is a little baby bubble cat, uh, a legendary one at that. So um, this is one of the only mana dump cards I have in the entire deck. It's one of the gold mains. We were talking about, I think this is a Johnny's cousin? I'm not sure. And for those who are sure, uh, you can suck it, Vorthos nerds. Uh, Giselle Goldbane, two colorless, two white for a 4-4, first strike, legendary creature, cat warrior. It's a mythic, which is also kind of strange. Uh, as my caw, team it. Okay, here we go. As my caw, he is the source of my inspiration. As my brother, he is the embodiment of my aspirations, a Johnny Goldbane. So it's his brother. Uh, three colorless, white, white. Attacking creatures you control gain plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of attacking creatures. So, a couple things. One, clearly we should put Cryptolith right in this deck. <laughs> yeah, you have a mana suit. Yeah, boy. Okay, had to get that out of the way. Uh, second thing, Kaws are usually referenced as the leader of the pack, like Call. Oh, uh, okay. So, does that mean a Johnny like almost kind of reports to Jazal. So that would be interesting because in those one in the new uh in the child's play or whatever things that are coming out, the one with the Teferi's protection in it, the new mm. secret lair, it shows a Johnny with like a bunch of kids. And they're like, no, it's not a Johnny's kids, he's like the uncle to them. So maybe that is the case where it's like actually Dazal's kids and he's like just kind of helping them out. Didn't you just tell the Vorthos nerds to suck it? Yeah, and also, Mr. Combo, you can also suck it. <laughs> well, I, I, I just foresaid it because, you know, Ajani got his spark lit, yeah. and all we ever hear about is Ajani. But if Jazal's actually a bigger badass than Ajani, because you would think if Ajani is the bigger badass, he'd become the Ka, because it's the strongest. Well, it could be like a thing where it's like he knows that Jazal can't leave, and Ajani's like, I respect you because you're here, and in this group, you're the leader. I'm going to go do all this other crap in the multiverse and keep getting bad planeswalkers made of myself. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, continue with your yeah, card. So um, pretty pretty much this is another like just big, dumb game winner card of, um, this is kind of the, 
it, this is kind of more of like a slow burn where once you cast him, if you just have your creatures, people aren't finding the right removal, people aren't finding the right board wipes. You can win in a swing, you can win in another swing. One thing in this deck uh, that, I, that we've talked about a lot and inadvertently is there's ton, there's white pips abound in this deck. Piles of white pips all over the place, right? Because I don't it doesn't matter to me. So there's been times where I've been able to cast him um, and then that same turn Nykthos and get 10, 12 mana and be able to do this ability twice and just wipe out the board mm -hmm. with all the other stacked abilities that we have. Yeah, I like it. I once again, not if this wasn't a Odric deck, wouldn't like the card at all. Um, because it doesn't give trample. Yeah, right. And so it's like uh, what good does it do to beat it's your creatures? Little, it's a, plus eighteen, plus eighteen little, if you can't get it's through. It's a little slimy to that point as well, right? Like it doesn't win the game on the board. Yeah. You have to pay mana into it. Yeah, but I think that's kind of almost an Odric MO. <laughs> like even even with even with even with Zatalpa, you drop that down. Like, sure, you're making maybe a bunch of 3-3s three and 4-4s four double strike trample. Well, that, in theory, doesn't win the game unless it's late game, like I was suggesting, and life totals are low. Same it, it, same thing with Gisol. I don't think there's a single card, actually, in this deck that you plop it down, and it's like, well, hell, yeah, you just it's won. Lot, it's it's kind of like, <laughs> so a lot of these cards, my dad calls Netflix, he's like, he calls it all the movies that you kind of want to watch. <laughs> so like this is all the cards that you kind of want to play in other decks in, in mono white so uh, that's pretty funny okay well my last one also provides a lot of keyword soup keyword soup but it provides a key one that if you do plop down your stuff you can immediately swing it's one of the few equipments you have sword of vengeance yes um Three colorless artifact equipment. It's a rare dollar seventy-five equipped for three. When wielded by a true believer, it matters little whether the sword is a relic or a replica. A good creature gets plus two plus zero oh, and has first strike, vigilance, trample, and haste. Woof. Um, now I will rephrase that. You plop this down and equip it, and then be able to play one of these other right. things. Then you're going to win the game on slots. <laughs> because the big thing is getting the trample and the haste is humongous. Yeah. I completely agree. And um, there's another one that's like a baby version of this called Haunted Cloak. That's three colorless, um, vigilance, trample, haste, equip one. And that's those are the two biggest things that this deck struggles with is the trample and the haste. Flying, fine. Double strike, fine. Indestructible to some extent, fine, yeah. right? Vigilance all yeah, over the right. place. But those two abilities are so hard to get. So even playing, a, and I'm also a moron because when I first started playing Magic in Battlecruiser land, I was like, this card's going everywhere. Prosh, Doretti, Odrick. <laughs> <laughs> this card's so good. And then as I started playing, I'm like, actually, it's not so hot. Again, it's one of those cards where you look at it, you're like, yeah, this might work, maybe in some weird it's yeah. a blocker or whatever. Uh, yes. Or, or or I'm doing I'm doing a Voltron equipment tribal. Sure, it's gonna probably go yeah, in there. Exactly. But but again, the, the like to your point, the trample and the haste is so so good. Well, take us home. What's your last sheet? So this is one, this again gives you two of the three things that you need the most. So we are talking about, in my opinion, the best card in the deck, Oketra the True. Three colorless and a white for a 3-6 legendary creature god that's a mythic. It's about five bucks, 450. Double strike, indestructible. So you have two of the three keywords that you need right there. 
Oketra the crew can't attack or block unless you control at least three other creatures. And again, that's control, not attacking with. Um, and then finally, three colors and white create a 1-1 white warrior creature token with vigilance. So, and you have a copy that is legible. Yes, that is also correct. I have the original <laughs> one. Not that nonsense masterpiece or whatever they call them, the invocations. So yeah, so this card does... Every three, every every single ability on this card is relevant, right? So I think you can even make the argument that paying that for a creature is overcosted, right? Three colors and a white yes. for a one-one creature is not good, but the fact they come in with vigilance, which is also critical to how this deck plays in terms of being able to attack and block, makes it even better. If if, if for some reason you don't have three other creatures, which rarely happens. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is probably and, and too bad because it is mono white. You can't do the other gods that have the conditions. But Odric is like the perfect commander for those Amonkhet yes. gods that, oh, you can't attack or block unless you have seven or more cards in hand. Can't attack or block unless you have one right. or fewer cards in hand. But they all have good, relevant keywords to where they're great in a keyword soup deck. It's just the color restriction hurts them, but that's why we played Commander. So it, it's it's good to see that you found a home for a card that I'm going to argue, Oketra probably doesn't get played often, if at all. I The only other time I've seen it is when, the only other time I saw this card was in the other guy's Odric deck. <laughs> Six years ago, or there whatever it was. So yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm sure this thing was a banger and standard, yes. maybe limited, but uh, in our format, but, no. And, but again, it's so frustrating. It's in you... 75 decks. But trick. Oh, that's it. Well, it's 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 the it's probably the commander for 75 oh, yeah, decks. You're right. You're like, as, as a card. But again, this is another All card right. where you but, read it and you're like, this is awesome. And then you like put it in a deck and you get it. And it's like the it's always a deck that you put in. You're like, this is the secret tech, guys. No one's gonna see this coming. And then <laughs> yeah. It's the okay, first card. Two percent. Two percent. It's in two percent of decks that run white. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty low. So, but, but again, in this deck, class. I, yeah, nah, couldn't, couldn't disagree even if I wanted to. Well, now we'll head over to Spice. I'll start Not this off. Options. Got five <laughs> options. Got five options. I picked a instant that is an uncommon Ooh. Tempest of Light. Wow. <laughs> I know, I knew, I knew what you thought I was going to go for, and I did. <laughs> Brain explodes. Uh, two, <laughs> two, two colorless white. It's an instant from M10. Uh, destroy all enchantments. Uh, let everything return to its true nature, so that destiny may take its course. We always talk about how hard it is to get rid of enchantments uh, because you are. This is still a battle cruiser right. type deck. You don't even have a disenchant in the deck. What is wrong with you? I have a return to us, thank you very much. <laughs> what is yeah, you, 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 yeah, I mean, you don't have a lot of ways to get rid of the enchantments. You got return to dust, you got a Ravnica at war, if it's a multicolored <laughs> enchantment. Because um, we know that's common. <laughs> God, I'm like I think, scrolling I think through I'm here. I'm not joking with you, Mr. Combo. I think that's it. No, <laughs> oh, you uh, have collective one effort more. to blow one up for three. Yeah, there you. Go. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, Hour of Revelation. Right, that's your yeah. other one. So you you, you have like three ways <laughs> to deal with enchantments. So 
the fact that this is instant speed, because a lot of times it's like omniscience hits the table. Oh right. shit, what can I do? Well, remember, this is instant speed. Omniscience, usually people are plopping down fat sorceries, creatures. So you'll get to respond before they could do anything. And they just waste, they got, yeah, they got a spell off, but that's it. Um, you know, they could maybe lock down your commander with a dryad arbor. That really sucks. Hey, you know, before the start of my turn, let's do this. Get rid of the other stuff. You don't have a ton of I, 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 I don't check. I have five. And yeah, you got five. And one, uh, I guess that enchantment's not indestructible. The, the, only, the, only, one, but, the only one that would like kind of suck to blow up is worship. That card's such fringe of when it's good anyways. Yeah. So uh, I, I think this card's great. I've actually never seen it before. Um, I'm surprised for three mana instant destroy all enchantments. I don't see it more often considering we talk about to he to the Lord Heliod <laughs> himself about how enchantments are so difficult to get rid of. I don't know why more people don't. Well, and to this. your point about how rare this was, this only came into this deck for two reasons. One, we, I was one of the things a million years ago on the alternate universe podcast Action for news where we talked about like board wipes that no one have heard of. This is what I found. And then second off, it was in the getting ready to drink Tyson's big box of cards. He had like three foil versions. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, and of course, don't worry guys. Big Tuck did not mark that it's a foil. It's a 23 deck. cent card. This isn't going to change my buy list. <laughs> All right. Well, what is your spice so card? Actually, I already know yeah, what it is. Uh, I'm talking about the other the other enchantment in here, which this is another example of one where I bought it for. I don't even think I bought it. I think someone just gave it to me or a trade or something, and now it's eighteen dollars. Uh, we're talking about Oren's Chant. So it's a uh, instant. It's a rare from. Did we is that Plane Shift? Yeah, Plane Shift. Um, Horn Kabu set. Oh crap, uh, it, I might it, have one of these. Wow, $18. Yeah, it's got a kicker uh, of white. You can pay an additional white as you play the spell. Target player can't play spells this turn. If you pay the kicker costs, creatures can't attack this turn. So the reason why I have this as a spice is because it's so situational. And a lot of time and a yeah. lot of times, and we'll get into this in the cutting section, I'm not sitting around and waiting to cast instant sorceries. Like I don't I, like mm -hmm. I'm trying to run out creatures, I'm trying to damage. It's definitely that kind of battle cruiser sort of effect. But there are times where you can see the writing on the wall of someone has the omniscience, someone has a million mana, someone has those little pieces there, or they're trying to alpha strike you because you're the scariest person. You, and it kind of bails you out. It's it's a little bit of like a get out of jail free card. But the reason why I have it in the spice is because it's you have to you have to play whatever four dimensional chess of when the best time is to cast is. You can't just cast it willy nilly. And there's time. So no, no, no keep I, going. I was just gonna say there's there's uh, yeah. times where I played this and I did it wrong. There's times where I've had this and I didn't read it right and I was thinking that someone else is gonna kill me. So it, it, you you really kind of have to think about like the 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 tech behind this card before you play. So the interesting thing is I watch a lot of CEDH content um, on YouTube. Um, I'd like to think of myself as a competitive player. I don't know if I'm full-blown CEDH, uh, but Silence gets played all the time in CEDH, which Silence, guys, is a single white instant. Your opponents can't cast spells this turn. And I get it, that's opponents, and oh, this is okay. target player, but this is basically the same mana 
to, to, to do it to one, but then if you paid the additional white, you can make it to where creatures can't attack this turn, which is also shutting off that player. So I could see why you would maybe put this in the deck because white doesn't have a lot of interaction. And I think Tuck, for you to cut this, it would have to be for some game-changing card right. that it's like, oh, well, you know what? This doesn't even matter because I'm going to win the game before exactly. it's relevant. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I completely agree. And I think I was wondering about that with the silencing. And thank you for pointing out that it's your opponents because I've had this. I've had yep. Orms chant now for five years, and that's always bottled my mind. Yeah. So yeah. So like, but like. All these things being said, that's why it's in the spice, not the hops, because you just really have to be smart about when you play it. It kind of gives you that little bit of modality with it, too, which I love. Sounds good. Well, uh, now we're going to head over to the bottle capping, guys. And as a reminder, these are going to be big Texanized cuts and adds to the deck. They're going to be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no-budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana-only lands. So, Big Tuck, your deck, you start this. What's the first card you're going to cut? And what are you going to add? This was really hard because I had like a million cuts <laughs> that I wanted to do. And uh, <laughs> the problem is I've already like cut out most of the chap. So what I've done for my cuts is I am moving Odric into the new century, into the 2020s. And I'm getting rid of a bunch of crap that I thought was good when I first had it. It turns out it's garbage and has been completely outclassed <laughs> by cards that have been printed since then. Um, so the first one we're cutting is a card that I still wish would work, but still doesn't. We're going to cut Sarah Avenger. So, uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. This is a trash it, card. It's it so bad. To, it used to be good. Or maybe not. I don't know. But Sarah Avengers, a colorless colorless for a 3-3 flying angel. Um, it's a rare for about a buck 30. You can't cast Sarah Avenger during your first, second, or third turns of the game as Flying of Vigilance. I think I was like, okay, this is just an enchantment on a creature, but I don't know. And I don't want to run Sarah Angel because I have like four of these at some point. So I was like, I'm gonna keep it in here. So I'm gonna cut a, I'm gonna cut it personally for a card that I'm pretty sure you have a pile of. And when you're going through your chaff for your commander cube, I want you to keep it keep an eye for this because it's from your favorite set, Modern Horizons. We're talking uh, Segovian Angel. When Warzel summons Segovian Angels to fight, Mel, <laughs> oh my, are you kidding me? Gargantikari's Nats? What? The ensuing battle numbered among the multiverse least destructive. <laughs> that's actually great flavor text. Um, but this is a one mana creature angel that's a 1 1 with flying and vigilance. Guess what? I could cast this whenever and it doesn't have a turn restriction. 3 3, doesn't matter. I paid one white mana less to get the exact same abilities and lower my curve. I can't recall the last time either of you cut something for a common. Believe it, Justin. Uh, yeah, it's Justin. Yeah, you like that? Uh, uh, so the funny thing is that actually was my under no five dollar ad as well. What? But I changed. I changed it before we started recording because I found something oh, even perfect. better. Okay. Uh, but I agree that card is just better I don't like again I'm not some sort of savant when it comes to this game I can't for the life of me think of a reason of someone being like no Sarah Angels uh, Sarah whatever Ascendant or Adventure or whatever is better it's like really how in any way shape or form but what do you got for me that's even better under five bucks uh, so I have an achievement mm. coming in at three dollars and seventy cents 
Two colorless white white concerted effort. So it's an enchantment uh, at the beginning of each player's upkeep. All creatures you yeah. control gain flying until end of turn. If a creature you control has flying, the same is true for fear, first strike, double strike, land walk, protection, trample, and yeah, vigilance. Yeah. So you, one of the things you had pointed out is protection's not part of Odric's keywords. Well, now you got it. Land walk isn't part of his keywords. Now you got it. And so I think this opens up your deck significantly um, to where if there was a creature with vigilance and island walk and you're like, well, the vigilance is great or let's go haste right, and right. island walk. Oh, well, the haste is really nice. I need that. But damn, island walk's kind of worthless for me. Concerted effort, it's like, oh, well, I do have a card in there that can do this. And if you ever did get this deck a little bit more streamlined, Enlightened Tutor is a right. white card. So you could always go get concerted effort whenever you wanted. And then the same thing for protection, because I really toyed around with like a chroma <laughs> being added to the deck, but I was like, well, protection from red and black, Whatever, not a yeah, whole lot relevant because you can't give it. I think concerted effort can, can do a bunch I, for you. Too, and I think even from a bigger perspective, to your point, Odric, Odric, people figure out what's going on here and they kill Odric, right? This is just Odric yeah. slightly, slightly worse in some sense because it doesn't give like indestructible mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff. But like this just yeah. does what Odric does, but as an enchantment for the same mana cost, right? So I, I think yeah. I, I think for this card for me, I was always like, ah, I don't need it. But again, if we want to build in redundancy, if we want to build in a little bit more heaviness to it, I think this is an easy card to put in. Yeah, no, for sure. Under 50 bucks, man. This one's easy. Show me what you got. All right, assholes. See if you can figure this one out. I'm going to cut locks on Warhammer for... Shadowspear? Yeah, cut it off. <laughs> Adios, ding dong, elephant hammer. Uh, you have been outclassed, sir, and how? Uh, locks on Warhammer is a now downshifted to uncommon Probably at this point should be downshifted <laughs> to common. Uh, artifact equipment that costs three mana. Equipped creature gets plus three, plus zero, has trample and lifelink. Equipped three. Shadow Sphere is a card that I hate because I didn't buy 16 of them and they're $5 and it's only going to be going up here. So I need to go buy like seven. Uh, it is a one mana legendary artifact equipment, uh, <laughs> equipment creature. I'm so angry. Uh, <laughs> Shadow Sphere, one colorless legendary artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, has trample and lifelink. One, permanent your opponent's controls, lose hexproof and indestructible until in a turn, equipped two. Not much to say here, just a strictly better card that I'm gonna have to pay $8 for in every deck I've locked on Warhammer, so <laughs> wahoo. Good, good job, RD, you did it. Well, thank you, the Commander Smiths, uh, for bringing up the awareness of Shadow Spear. Uh, it is Big Tuck's favorite card. He is going to get a Shadow Spear tattoo <laughs> on the inside of That's his cheek. Yes. That's how much he likes the like card. One of these yeah, ones the live one, where you just pull it down. <laughs> no, no, you have to go to the inside of the cheek, and then you have to fish hook yourself every time you want to show it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just really good. Yeah, I mean. Shadow Spear is great. Um, honestly, I've made the argument it should go in every EDH deck, period. Just from the aspect of you always have a commander that you could equip this to to do something yeah. with. And just paying one to get rid of Hexproof and Indestructible. Uh, well, I'm sorry, don't people run... Um, what's that stupid land that does that for like two uh, or four? Arcane uh, Lighthouse? Uh, lighthouse, which is which is fine because it's still a land. There was a card that did this that people made the people made the same argument that you did called Glaring Spotlight, 
which is one, and it's creatures mm. your opponent's control with Hexproof can't be the target of abilities, as though they didn't have Hexproof. But this one gets rid of Hexproof and Indestructible. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I hate it. Um, I wish I would have bought 15 <laughs> of them when they were $10 or when they were $5. So here we are. Here we are. All right. Uh, for my under 50 cut, I'm actually cutting a card I really, really Ooh. like. But I just I don't think it does enough for this deck. Angelic Field Marshal. Interesting. So, okay. Two colorless white white creature angel. It has flying and it has lieutenant, which lieutenant's a very cool mechanic. I wish they'd bring it back yeah. and do it more. As long as you control your commander, Angelic Field Marshal gets plus two plus two, and creatures you control have vigilance. Her presence on the battlefield can transform an unruly mob into a disciplined army. I like that. Three three. So here's the thing. The flying's nice, because then yes, Odric sure. gets everyone flying. But the vigilance. I mean, you have so many things that give vigilance, and she already gives everything vigilance. This is kind of my argument on why I wasn't going to recommend a Chroma's Memorial, because that just does right, it to right, everything. Right, right. So then your commander, it's like, you're not really doing keyword soup. You're just, oh, well, any go white yeah, deck plays this. In. It's not making it yeah. special. Okay, yeah. And I think I think Angelic Field Marshal is really only adding flying to the equation, because like you said, you're always kept playing your commander. So you have one Oketra. Why not have two? I, I was God eternal. I'm so glad Oketra. you're doing this because I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I I was like, I needed this deck so bad. I just cannot. I cannot figure out how to do it with the budgetary constrictions. So God eternal Oketra, three colorless white white. It's a mythic. Come in between five and eight dollars. Legendary creature, zombie god. It's a three six. A. It has double strike. B, whenever you cast a creature spell, so already better than your other yeah. Oketra, create a 4-4 four, four zombie warrior with Vigilance. Yes. Already better than the other one. And even on top of that, when this dies or is put into exile from the battlefield, you may put it into your library third from the top. So even if people exile it, negative counter it, mm -hmm. whatever, board wipe, God Eternal Ketra is protected some way, shape, or form. And always having access to double strike and vigilance is yeah. great. And getting those four fours, that does a lot more than a one-one. Yeah, I this was one that I was like, I know this is going in here. I just cannot I can't I couldn't do it with what else I wanted to do. With the other cards that I wanted, I couldn't get the budget right. And I was really trying to be a ding-dong to you and be like, oh, I found one on eBay for $4.95, so I could put it in my under five. But yes, uh this <laughs> card is this. I would like to say that this card is underplayed. That is a gross understatement. <laughs> this card is all over the place. Uh, let's see. As a card, it is in. Oh, it's in double, or it's in about seven thousand decks. But it, out of almost two hundred thousand, I, I think in all the deck. And there, okay. So every time I've seen this card played, it makes a huge impact. Almost more so than mm -hmm. any of the other gods in this cycle, at least, right? Well, and a cool thing, Tuck, that I just thought of just came to me. We talked about how you have 70-ish cards, including land, so 40 that are CMC 3 or less. You're obviously not going to play all 40 by the time you get to your 5 right. or 6 CMC stuff. And eventually, it's going to be like, I'm not going to cast 2 or 3 tiny dudes. I'm going to cast the Zoltalpa because it provides keyword soup. God of Eternal Ketra is amazing for your deck late mm -hmm. game when it's like, man, I drew Healer's Hawk. 
feels kind of bad. It's not going to do anything for me. I already got flying and lifelink, and I still can't win. But now one mana gets you that creature, and it makes you a 4-4. And so all those cheap guys really kind of establish the board, because yes, they're bringing keywords to the game, but now you're getting zombie warriors every single time. Oh, that's pretty cool. And the warriors also have vigilance, which is also critical in this team. So yes, it's really, really good. I'm probably going to pick one up tomorrow. I... Uh, I actually almost cut your original Oketra for this Oketra, but the only reason I didn't was because of the indestructible yes. on that Oketra. Only yeah, reason I, I completely, didn't. I completely agree with you. The one mana more does does definitely push it up there. So, no budget. You said you're going to try to break the bank uh, better than you normally do. I couldn't. Do I it? couldn't. I looked into. What? I looked all over the place, and I cu- I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't do it the way I wanted to. But I am putting one that's almost all ten dollars. Right. I think it's gonna be a little more. So uh, this is a card that I have always been a stand for, and I still think it's a good card. So just because I'm cutting it doesn't mean I've changed my mind. But I'm actually gonna cut Mind's Eye. Hear me wow. out. Hear me out. I mean, I'm not a big yes. fan of it. I know, but, but, you know, know. but you know that I go to lengths to defend this card, right? So Mind's Eye is yes. five colorless, an artifact. It's a rare. You can get it for about six bucks now, which is great because it used to be like 20. Whenever an opponent draws a card, you may pay one if you do draw a card. Ideas drift like petals on the wind. I only have to lift my face to the breeze. Uh, yeah, so there's a guy <laughs> I played with a million years ago that's like, this should go in every deck. You're wrong. Um, so here's the problem I have with this. It's kind of the same argument I made with Norm's uh, chant or Orm's chant. I'm not sitting around and waiting for other people to do stuff. If, if this card comes out for five, A, at that point, I'm probably not going to have any mana to abuse it immediately. B, I'm going to have to wait an entire yep. turn cycle to use it. And by the time that comes, there's a very good chance I've either drawn a card or have something else that I can do besides just wait around and draw three cards or however much it is. So I'm cutting it for a card that I have heard. Actually, we're talking about, I think we're talking about it in the Discord today. I'm actually going to cut it for um, another legendary that has a relevant ability. I'm cutting it for Mangara the Diplomat. So three colors of white for a legendary creature, a human cleric. It's a 2-4 with lifelink, which is also critical. So I'm cutting an artifact for a creature that can benefit from everything else and also gives a relevant keyword. Whenever an opponent attacks with creatures, if two or more of those creatures are attacking you and or planes arches you control, draw a card. Whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, draw a card. So the way I look at this is, okay, if I'm playing Mind's Eye on turn five, by then, people have already kind of established their board, and they're going to be running out their things. Land of Wars, draw yeah. spells, whatever the case may be. There's a very there's a better chance that if I play Mangara on turn four, that just by him being on the battlefield, I will draw two to three cards, more so than being, being able to tap out, play Mind's Eye, and not draw any of the turn that comes into play. And that's and that's not even considered You're not, not going to get any argument right. for me on that. Uh... I think the only thing that's probably not going to happen is Mangara's uh, is Mangara's second ability with the attacks, two or more coming at you or Planeswalker. You control, draw a card. I don't think you're ever going to get that because you have so much vigilance. You're typically always going to have blockers right. up. And I don't think anyone's going to be like, let me swing six creatures at him to maybe trade three or four and get a couple damage in. And then, oh, wait, Tuck also draws a card? Like, that's just too right. much value. But I do see the last ability being extremely relevant. Um, and 
like you said, it's four mana. It's another body. It's another potential attacker to do something with or blocker to do something with. So I, I'm okay with that. Um, I don't think Mongara was the height. Like, I remember when it got previewed, everyone was oh like, oh, man, this is like so <laughs> Like, it's it's fine. Um, and even when I check on EDH rec, I mean, the card just came out this year. It's already in 2% of all wow, white decks. Wow, really? I mean, that's a crazy uptick. Okay, I, think, um, but I think to, I'm I okay think with to our continued point around that, like, this is white card advantage. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, this is almost as good as it gets. And the funny thing is, when we say, quote-unquote, white card advantage, it's really your opponents are getting their card advantage first, and then you just so happen to benefit and <laughs> right. get a card. Maybe. It's almost like you're the poor child out there at the orphanage, and you're watching the adults eat their pot roast, and they let you lick yes, the bone. Exactly. All right. So, so here's what I'm going to do. And I lied. I'm not actually breaking the bank. My card's only a dollar. But I'm going to cut Felidar Sovereign. My little baby bubble cat? Yeah. uh, Four colorless white white creature cat beast. Vigilance lifelink. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have 40 more life, you win the game. It surveys the withering landscape, waiting for victory only it can see. And it's a 4-6. Too overcosted. It's never going to happen. You have enough damn vigilance in the deck, and I don't think you actually have enough lifelink to be consistently over forty to make. I will tell you this: there has been two times where this deck has been played against me, where someone won off of this. One of them was using Orm's Champ, but that's also two out of maybe thirty-five games I've seen. (laughs) I was about to say, like, (laughs) how many games have we seen with Odric, and you've won with that? But Here's the thing. I think you'll like this. I'm cutting it for another Ooh. spice card. Oh, yes. You have six things that grant indestructible in the deck. You have four things that grant trample in the deck. So I think you should put in for the lulls World Slayer. <laughs> Five colorless artifact oh, no. equipment. Whenever oh, equipped God. creature deals combat damage to a player, destroy all oh, permanents God. other than World Slayer. Equip for five. Come Hashtag on. make zero That's... friends. Nobody's coming over to play anymore. Oh, oh come on. Because here's the thing, though. If you actually pull it off, people are going to be dead in two right. rotations because they'll have no blockers and you'll, you'll just swing out and win. So it, it, it's a game ender. But it does cost 10 right. mana, plus a trampler or someone who with no yeah. blockers, and I have an indestructible, a uh, uh, yeah. indestructible. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, to, it is insane, but to your point, I, this is like the same reason why I'd run Jockle Hops in my my Super Friends Super Friends or Marchesa, or Marchesa, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. if this works... So it's either, it's either going to be one of two things. It's either going to be a dead card in hand a humongous threat that's yeah. going to eat a removal or I just win the game. So yep. I, I just hate that it's 10. That's so, that's so Damn. much. But you know what? It's only four more mana than Felidar Sovereign. And it's technically one cheaper to play. And this actually will at some point win you the that's game. That's true. And, and, if you play it, then this is something that this is going to eat a removal spell that could go towards your Shadow Sphere or whatever, a million different things, right? So it's sure. it's definitely it's definitely a bit of a a bit of a sweaty pick. I will give you that. It's a little sweaty, but I, 
I've been looking to. Do you do you even own a copy? I don't think so. I think I've had some and intentionally got rid of them because I was like, I don't even want to think about brewing with this card. Uh, it's too it's too mean. But but again. If it gets to the point where I have creatures that have indestructible and 10 mana, the game will likely end at some point. So I guess what's the difference is yep. doing this versus grinding it out for another 30 minutes and having to think about blockers and all that crap. So, And on top of that, worry about, oh God, are they going to pull their own exile board wipe? Or, or are they just going to draw a board wipe? Because we've talked about you only get your indestructible at the exactly. beginning of combat. It just takes a top deck. Oh, Wrath oh, of God. Yeah, toast. Um, um so yeah and i think this is a deck you probably you don't want to but i think this deck is probably around turn eight nine ten eleven twelve i feel like this deck is just one of those grindy slow decks because you don't necessarily have tons of massive creatures it's just a lot of keyword yes. soup and all your big game-winning stuff like Zatalpa, World Slayer, it's right. eight, ten mana to actually pull it off. So I think it fits right in line with your theme of everything. And I just think it would be so <laughs> funny. Big Tuck, the anti-land destruction, reset the game to zero, uh, playing a no. World Slayer. I, I mean, for a dollar, why not, right? Like, why why wouldn't you do this? I think I have one of these that I can uh, I can trade you. Well, 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 and here we are. Well, 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 we're at the end of the episode. And as promised, here's some details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level 1 Game Shop. We're giving away a super cool custom Commander Legends bundle, TBD. You guys will find out what it is. Actually, the last episode of the month, so that's not good. Actually, I think that's Thanksgiving. No, no, no. It's the day after. Black it was Black Friday, Friday when it comes Wait, out. Which one? The last episode for the mm -hmm. month. Comes out oh, Black Friday. Right. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's even better. <laughs> uh, and to enter, it's extremely simple. Just pull out the content that we produce, whether it's a Dear Squee article, a Squeeze Crack Pack, Bruise and Builds, and that alternate universe thing called MTG Action 4 News. Um, you get an interaction for every single thing you do with us, following, liking, sharing, uh, becoming a patron, all the good stuff. Uh, we will announce the winner on our MTG Action 4 News segment, December 1st. And we will do a Twitter post uh, soon after announcing the winner. Um, you do have to, and I need to start plugging this in because the last, other than AJ, which thank you, AJ, uh, shout out. Uh, the last few winners have not been reaching out to us, and I definitely don't want to hunt you down to give you free <laughs> stuff. So uh, please, like, reach out uh, so I can send it to you. Um, but it could be a sweet little custom kit like this. It could be a custom deck, which I think is what we may do for December. A little brew from the Brews and Builds crew. Uh, it just depends on what Level 1 Gaming can sponsor. But we would like five-star reviews and positive uh, comments on whatever consumption platform you're listening or watching us on. Um, if you would like to reach out to us and find more ways you can enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number 5 on Twitter. I'll spell that, except for the five. Big Tuck, I assume your new Twitter handle is World yeah, Slayer World, for Life. World Slayer, only World Slayer, nothing but World Slayer, uh, copying World Slayer. No, I'm still at Big Tuck Tweeting, and I, I have a monster perfect non-MTG related tweet, but I'm going to wait till all this election sh rigmarole dies down, so I'll post it and people will actually read it. But trust me, I workshopped it last night. It's going to go over like gangbusters. 
You can follow our main account on uh, at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. We also have a website where the deck list will be posted um, and there will be a full article that Big Tuck puts out at cmdtower.com slash BNBE66. Basically, all you have to type in is collective effort, marble diamond, Dark Steel Mutation Tower.com. Squee McGee, if people want to get a hold of your Manolith commentary, and I know you're going to get some archaic way to do so, how would they do that? Oh, you can find me on uh, Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records. You can find me at Deer Squee on Twitter. And then, as you are absolutely correct, preferred method of contact, that's Deer Squee at cmdtower.com. Send me an email. Give me some good stuff. Uh, keep asking those questions, everybody. I'm having a lot of fun responding to them, so keep sending them in. Other than that, uh, you can also find me here now. It's live. It's real. Go on YouTube. Go to our CMD Tower channel. There's a squeeze pack crack going on. Episode one's up. Give me some feedback. What you like, what you don't like. Let us know. It's a, it's a variable format, so if you like something or you don't like something, give us some comments, and there's a good chance that your feedback will be used. Other than that, don't come see me in person still. It's a, it's a bit of a gauntlet out there, everybody. I'll, I will know that we will made it when CMD Tower comes up on my own like recommended videos for you on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> One of these decades. Yeah. Yeah, I had a whole bit here that we usually do for Squee, but he doesn't want to see any of you, so you all can't be <laughs> If you want to support the show as well, let's hook up our sponsor with the orders you're already doing and let them know that you appreciate these monthly giveaways. Have head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower so they know that you came from the collective. Outside of their own storefront, they also do have that great TCG store for all your singles and sealed product, but their actual store has all the other, you know, play mats, dice, all the good stuff. Just, you know, hook them up because uh, they're the ones that give away all this free stuff for you. But if you would actually like to give us some money so that way we can upgrade our equipment, be able to maybe even hire an editor to improve the YouTube content, because let me tell you, uh, Mr. Combo number five can do advanced PowerPoints. And, <laughs> and that's he, about is, it. And he is sick of uh, sitting <laughs> in the editing bay for five hours a week. Oh, my God. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash CMD Tower. Uh, we have tiers from just a dollar to 25 bucks a month, and all of them get Discord access. Potentially in the future, if it's a hit, all of them will get access to uh, be a part of deck therapy. But the $5 and above do get sweet, sweet swag and something you guys probably don't know, but our current community does know. Just because you signed up for a tier uh, doesn't mean you're not going to get swag in the future as we come out with new stuff and assign it to the tiers. As long as you're a consistent patron member, we're going to give you the free stuff as well. Um, you know, I know some of our big tucks brew buddies and our mr common number five storm counts definitely got their sleeves and play mats uh, when they first signed up but then also got the reminder tokens the monarch tokens and the coins when all of that stuff came out so go sign up but if you guys can't do it from a monthly perspective but still want to get some of this elusive swag i'm talking about head over to cmdtower.com slash merch uh you can buy everything on there um that our patrons have access to with their membership um Please, please do it. <laughs> We're, baking. We're, baking. <laughs> We're baking. And of course, every tier in that patron uh, sign up does get additional monthly entries for the giveaway. And Pink Royal, thanks again. It'll never get old until we replace you with something else. So, Big Tuck. <laughs> We are at the end of the episode. Odric has a case of keyword soup. 
sounds a bit like alphabet soup, but with a lot more Ooh. violence. How do you uh, feel? I feel good. Like I think I think with the cuts that we talked about, we can kind of elevate this to the new century, like we talked about. Uh, the here's the issue, Mr. Combo, is even with the cuts that we talked about, the fun ones, and not like the whatevers. I don't see this deck coming out of the rotation any more than it already is, right? But the problem is I'm like already pot committed. So I'm not gonna, and also I have a really hard time deconstructing all my decks cause they're all like children to me. So it's yeah. kind of like, I, I don't have another option to build a mono white deck. There's nothing that interests me to do so. So it's like, I'm just gonna keep evolving this to be slightly like by a percentage of the time different than it was two years ago. I mean, maybe what you should do is just try to get the deck from being a sweaty deck to a yes. slimy deck. And maybe that would start to, you'd start to have more fun right. with it, want to pull it out. And uh, I mean, heck, we, we didn't talk about it. Maybe you turn the deck into like this weird skulk death touch reach yeah. like maybe maybe you just pick a few keywords out of audrick and be like you know what i'm going to challenge myself just with just the ones, crap yeah. i have laying around let me just do this and just I, see what also, happens and, and i am very excited to not be on the commander legends preview review next week because i'll be out of town but there's there's a good chance i'm going to open up maybe like a couple partners that are mono white that could be kind of fun or different um and do a little bit of conversion there yeah, but I think if you did a mono white partners, you'd have to do two partners that are mono white because no, you have to put yeah, Odric in saying. the ninety nine. Yeah, but I don't think he's good in the ninety nine with a keyword yeah. soup deck. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, at that point, you're gonna have to completely re and, and look. If you want to completely rebuild the deck, completely rebuild the deck. But if you're like, oh, well, I'll just put partners in there and cut a card, or you'd have yeah. to cut two cards and put Odric in the ninety nine or ninety eight. <laughs> then the duck's yeah, deck's gonna suck even more. <laughs> it's gonna be real bad. Hey, Tuck, Slayer on. Slayer on, Mr. Combo! <laughs> <laughs>